0: Yes, yes. This is Tion Buku One.
1: And this is Yula.
0: Happy twenty twenty. This is the Black Russian Podcast episode forty-four. Wow. We
1: have been trying to record
0: it for quite some time. Yep. Just technical difficulties after pushing it off, after oh, we're gonna go bowling, after, oh there's movies, after eh, yeah. not feeling it.
1: And then we sit down and then, and- then we decide to upgrade the operating system. Yeah, and
0: then I, that was the last thing. Uh if you have a Mac computer and you have not upgraded to Catalina, don't upgrade to Catalina cuz <laughs> half your programs will not work and it will take you quite some time to get your shit back to functioning. So, but we are here, we're doing it how we doing it. My f- microphone took a dump. So, we'll have a new one. <laughs> right now, we're going straight into the computer analog style straight underground into your ear. Via... Stop picking your face. You're on video. Ugh. She's picking her face right now. She's going on YouTube. Um, but yeah, we're going straight in. Straight gorilla style right here. But yes, this is the Black Russian Podcast. This is our first episode in 2020. But like always, we have disclaimers and clarities. We do not advocate any one style of relationship over another. It Repeat it again. We do not advocate any one specific style template of relationship over another. We are about advocating open, honest dialogue, non-human possession, possession, and definitely we are not about mandates. So whatever works for you, works for you. We will not poop on it. We will not say one way is better than the other, but we do agree that the best way is the honest, open way. And so, there we go. So...
1: Can I now rant?
0: Yes, you can rant.
1: Okay. So, uh, I learned that I really dislike when the energy is not open. Like the energy in our house, the energy of people around us. uh, It really... I really feel it. And... You know, when you're outside of your house, you can just walk away. When you're inside of your house, you really can't walk away because it's your house. So then you get to learn, oh, you know, I thought... Well, first of all, you have to understand that that's what, uh, you know, you don't like, is when the energy is not open.
0: Right. What does the energy not open feel like? What does that mean to someone who's not... um, Really thinking or focused about energy, what does that mean to you?
1: Well, to me, it means that uh, there are topics of limit. Mm -hmm. So there are things that we cannot talk about. And that I can, if I go into an area that is uncomfortable, which we often do, not by, not on purpose, but just by, you know, asking questions and being the caring people that we are. Uh, you feel how the person shuts off and then there is a wall. Mm-hmm. And I learned that when that happens in our house, I really feel it and I really dislike it.
0: Right. Yeah, so it's kind of like, you know, some of you guys probably know we're talking about, the analogy that i would use is, you know, when you have a roommate... And the vibe is really cool, and you guys are first you know let's say you're first moved in together, you're all excited, everything's cool when someone's upset, they talk to you about it, if they have a vibe, like you know, oh yeah, I'm just feeling this way kind of day, and they come and sit down with you and talk to you about it, then after a while, you know they don't talk to each you know to you about it anymore, they don't talk anything about like anything like that, really, it just becomes a channel, hey, how's it going, good, good, good and then, but you feel this heavy energy like if they're upset. Or whatever, and there's like a big elephant in the room type energy, and no one's addressing it? Yeah. Is that kind of like that?
1: Right, because, you know, we've worked really super hard to create our house how we like it. And that means that anyone in the house, uh, you know, A, is expected to be open in terms of, hey, I don't want to talk because I'm feeling this way. Right. Or, you know, you can be upset, and you can... Definitely not talk, but you can't come into the house with an attitude and or like some heavy energy and not explain what's going on.
0: Right. Especially when it's a dramatic shift. Right. That's kind of, you know.
1: Yeah. So, you know, the kids are really good about it. Uh, You know, they will. I don't know that, you know, um, the Aquarians can actually hold it in a lot. (laughs)
0: <laughs> right yeah once it's on their mind if it's right whatever's not making them feel good needs to be addressed dealt with because their state of being in desire for the ones in our house and two aquarians in our house is happy and joy and they can't sit on stuff for too long right or suppress it
1: and also they trust us you know like they trust us that uh they can just share and we will either just hear it out or help you know It's not a given that we can fix whatever it is or help, but, you know, just listening helps.
0: Right. And also just understanding. If everyone's understanding kind of what's going on, what the shifts are for, then we can better accommodate the space. But also um, suppression and repression is just a a form of negative energy. It builds because although we think we're not communicating, we're very much communicating in, in energy. It's very apparent. And once you get used to like how the house vibe is or how your house vibe is and how you've worked hard to get it that way, when a vibe comes in, introduced into your house and it shifts the energy, you feel it dramatically.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, like I get personally upset when, uh, you know, people come to our house because of our energy. And then, you know, that's a point of attraction to us Mm -hmm. attraction in terms of oh your house feels so relaxing this is like amazing how you all communicate how everyone is and then as you know when when something becomes too sensitive then that same energy that invites the openness just shuts down and it's like okay well this is our house right. you know you don't get to just come in and do this
0: right unless you're paying but we're not offering paid no, spaces to, hell no. to rent so yeah, it makes yeah. a yeah
1: yeah so there you go that's my yeah. rant which right. you know i mean that's just it's it's good to learn uh you know we're always like we've gradually learned to not automatically invite people
0: right we hand select the people that we invited to our house, or,
1: or you know when people ask if they can stay before it was pretty much an automatic yes without even like a timeline, gradually we've learned, oh, timelines matter matter right, you know sometimes what starts out with a week ends up six months to be six months, right. and uh you know uh so it's our responsibility which we've learned to determine timelines. But it's also now, you know, I think we're learning as, you know, we always will learn more things. Is like, okay, well, the type of energy and the shifts and why they shift, it also matters.
0: Right. And, you know, and it's one of those things where maybe a person's not used to being open when they go through their mood swings. And that's fine. They're not obligated to come to us and explain, unless they're in our house and their vibe, that shift is very apparent and it's not conducive to our vibe. And then from there, if they do not wish to self-disclose and share and update us, like, hey, just so you know, I'm sure you're feeling a little grumpy today. It's because of this, that, the third. Um, Then it becomes a burden and it affects our house. And if they don't want to include us in the vibe shift so we can collectively get the vibe where it should be, then... They could leave
1: <laughs> yeah I mean I don't tolerate that you know with any of our kids you know our oldest one is old enough to like she's mostly on her own but when she's at our house and she's grumpy I'm like you can be grumpy but you have to explain why and not like just you know be grumpy and take it out on your siblings or anything like right. that you know you just can't
0: because it's stinky. Grumpy vibe is a very funky vibe. Like, it's yeah. palatable.
1: Yeah, no, don't need any of that. There you go. That's my rant.
0: Yep, so cool. Well, I'm glad you ran it. Um, What was our last episode? It feels like it's been we, forever. Uh,
1: that was right after your worldwide tour, nationwide tour.
0: Worldwide, nationwide. <laughs> well, you know, the U.S. All is wide. the world, right? All like wide.
1: Just ask the, uh, what do you call it? Um, baseball... Oh, the World Series. The World Series. The World Series
0: of baseball teams that are from America.
1: Right, exactly. So, that's, uh, we recapped your tour. Right. Which was awesome.
0: Right, so it was a good tour recap. And then, yeah, pretty much after that, we wiggled our way into the end of the year and into the new year. Um, And it's funny because we usually do out of the year writings and into the year you know uh, which
1: we have done you know we always say for the last whatever 10 years but the very first one that we did we were still in san francisco which means it was 2005.
0: wow so it's really been 15 years yeah wow so we usually do that um this year is a little different (laughs) i mean it's happening it's gonna happen and uh,
1: uh it's uh i sat down to write Like, I'll just share my side of it. Usually we sit down either on December 31st separately or January 1st and type it out. Right. You know, in an email, in a certain format, we email it to each other and then, you know, I throw it in a folder and it's there. This year, uh, we were down in SoCal and then driving back, I was thinking, okay, I'll I'll start writing. I opened it up, and typed up the title, and closed it, so then at home, uh, you know, I reread the last years, and that kind of, like, got me into the modes, and I'm like, okay, but then I started writing, and the whole, I, I don't want to say the weight, but the Volume of the experience of last year just opened up and I started crying and I, I mean, I started seriously crying and I was like, whoa, I can't just sit down to start writing because it feels like I'm not done processing last year. There was so much and so serious on different levels uh, not you know I'm not saying that it's bad it's a lot a lot of it is heavy and difficult and takes a lot of processing and I realize that I for one am not done processing right and if I'm not done processing I really have a very hard time you know I'll as I if I commit to writing I'm gonna have to commit to writing and processing at the same time. So it's a different kind of writing. It's not just summarizing what you went through and what you think the next or this coming, you know, the 2020 is going to be like, but it's more of, well, let me tie up 2019. And I don't think I like, it felt like I'm not there yet.
0: Right. And I'm pretty much the same way. I just have, you know, I was thinking back of the energy and it was for me just like, yeah, not yet. Like, um. You know, still in process. Um, the good, the bad, the heavy. Um, and just still in process, meaning that, you know, I may may take to March or are able to be like, okay, now I have a good um, perspective and everything's kind of sorted out and organized to where I can neatly recap it without being so emotionally attached to the whole ride that either I need to write for this hours and hours or I'm going to write some... That's not right. Because you're
1: either going to do a summary of something that is not processed yet or you're going to start writing and processing and that's going to be a lot.
0: Right. So it's a trip. I don't know. I've heard a lot from different people that 2019 was a doozy. Um, it definitely was a, you know, of all the last three or four years, it seems like it was a there was a lot packed in um, to it. And so we're going to give it some give it some time to breathe. <laughs> we have a year. We have the the calendar year of 2020. First, you said, okay, I'll
1: be done by the end of January.
0: Yeah, I was like, you know, I should be able to write it by by the end of January, but it's already 18th and I'm checking my gauges and I haven't, I don't feel too much closer to it, but maybe it's, maybe I'll sit down and just do it. But, uh, so let's
1: talk about checking gauges. Yes. You know, like one of the things um, that I feel has happened between, you know, last year and now is, I feel like I'm finally learning what it feels like when you check your gauges. Like, you've always been checking gauges. And I'm always like, I don't, okay. Right. You know, like, that's always been, I think, that the root of our, um, I don't, it's not problems, but the root of your um, unrest with me. right? And, like, my resistance of, Like, your way was always in, like, you feel your gauges. Right. And when you feel your gauges, you can't not react to them. And I was always like, I just think, you know, I just do whatever comes to me. Right. So, I think that, you know, the last period of 2019, the early 2020s, finally where i can actually like hear my gauges
0: right like, and taking it better <clears throat> so i'll go back in a little bit to gauges so the gauges are imagine our vessel like who we are like, is a very very intricate vehicle like a jet plane or a spaceship but let's just take a car because all of us drive cars you know you have gauges on your dashboard that tell you how much gas you have how much oil you have You know, your filters, your tires, your brakes, um, all of these things are your gauges that will hopefully tell you when your car needs certain kinds of maintenance, um, along with its general maintenance of refilling the gas when they run out of gas, replacing your oil. And you know, in a car, if you don't mind your gauges, you can one small thing can blow your engine and devastate your car. Um, if you don't have gauges and you don't have no access to where your gauges are, you don't know how much gas you have. You don't know how much, uh, you could run out of gas and be stuck somewhere. And you may not even realize that's what it is because if you don't have any gauges, you can't determine what it is. So I treat myself like that type of vehicle. And I always check my gauges like, you know, am I happy? Have I eaten? Have I had enough sleep? Has what type of energy has been around me? Have I have I had lots of negative, lots of positive energy?
1: You know what I think? uh, Like the my problem was, and I think a lot of people's problem is with the concept of checking gauges. Is that it's a constant thing? Yes. That it's a continuous process, right? I think that we somehow uh, think, and me. I mean, I think there's a lot that goes into it. Right. Uh, but we somehow think, well, let me learn this and then, uh, I don't have to do it anymore because I've learned it. Right. Uh, let me just get to this point in my life and then everything's going to work itself out. Let me finish school and then, you know, like life will open up and, and nowhere in that, uh, you know, what we're set up to do, like at least for me. Was I taught that, and there's always ongoing thing or a set of things that you're responsible for, if you want to be a conscious, functioning, truthful, uh, you know responsible adult. Right? Like the whole concept of being a responsible adult is mostly attached to you go to school, you graduate, you get a job, you have family, right. you don't kill anyone. You know, you don't cheat, don't lie. I mean, that's questionable. And that's it. That's you being a responsible adult. But like the responsibility, and that's what some some, another thing that I'm learning about myself and in finally feeling is that I'm responsible to myself for myself, which means I'm responsible to myself for mining my own gauges. And catching myself, right. and doing things that I need to do for myself to prevent myself from crashing, from you know, from from not eating, and then you know, feeling like I'm annoyed and I don't know why. Whereas, like, okay, well, you haven't eaten, so of course you're annoyed, and put right. some food in your bo- in your body. Like that's, um, I, you know, that's really a process that you know I'm going through, and and. Final, I'm like, oh, that's what Tiana's been talking about, right. <laughs> mining the gauges.
0: Yes, and we talk about. Um, I gotta turn the light on. We talk about a lot of that in, um, nourish up because nourish up for your for your human mind body and spirit is similar to when you nourish up when you nourish your car. You make sure there's got good tires on it. The oil's changed. Maybe car wash. The fluids are changed. Tires are rotated. Brakes are checked. All these things. Um, and we're like that. We, every day we burn a lot of fuel. We wear out a lot of tread on our tires. We burn a lot of oil. We burn a lot of gas. We put a lot of miles on our car. Um, you know, and the way that we do it is through like stress, growth, struggle, frustration, relationships, uh, our relationship with ourselves, the root work that we're trying to do, or the energy we're burning by trying to avoid doing the root work. Um, all of these things affect, Our mood and our perception, and if we don't have an idea of what's causing it, we can just be angry for weeks and not know why because we have no gauges.
1: Right, because we're not taught to listen to ourselves, you know, listen to your body, and like understand what's going on. Uh, You know, I was really super happy to hear I'm 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 getting a little more and more exposed to like the world of Russian speaking. Um, I guess, you know, therapy, but then also different types of medical professionals that understand that there is a connection between emotional health, physical health, uh, and your drive in life and what you achieve in life, and I was listening to, uh, you know, uh, to some of them talk, and this this, uh, I don't, I don't, I have to look up that specialty, medical specialty, that kind of ties it all in. Um mm-hmm. uh, but he was saying that we, uh, what our body, what's, what, what lives in, uh, inside of our body is, uh, you know, different, is our physical health, is our intellect, is our spiritual health, right. uh, our emotions, and they all have different needs at all times. Right. So you can look at it as a large family living in one house. Everyone has their own needs, their interests. Uh, they all need to learn how to coexist in a peaceful way. They all need to learn how to uh, have their needs met while also, you know, being inside of this vehicle. And when you have so many people living in, in a house, you have to constantly clean. So, like your hygiene, your personal hygiene. The hygiene of the place where you're look where where you're living it's all important right you don't want to live in a place that stinks and you know whatever uh, and some people are better at it others are not so it kind of like made a lot of sense to me like yeah that what goes on inside of my body so I have to constantly just like I constantly pick up in the house I constantly clean periodically you know weekly or bi-weekly there's a you know, serious cleaning going on, and there is laundry, and then there is this. Like, I I have to do it for myself as well. And it's an ongoing thing. So, I think once I realize, oh, it's an ongoing thing, like I have to do it every single day, then uh, it all made a lot more sense.
0: Right. And that's, you know, as we talk about, um, positive life is active, proactive. Um, we don't have to be reactive and just wait to receive you know, things from people, gratitude from people, respect from people, love from people, opportunities from people. Um, We create this. If we want more happiness in our lives, we need to go go out and find ways to invest in people, places, experiences, trades that bring us joy in return from from the investment that we give. Um, We need to be able to decide what energy is good for us, what energy is bad. Also how much of certain energy is good and how much of certain energy is bad. It's the same thing you you know when it comes to like people always associate it with just like diet. Like what how much sugar is good or bad, how much carbs, how much meats, how much blah, you know, all that stuff. But that's known as secondary nutrition, where primary nutrition is what he was talking about, is the internal. Mental nourishment, spiritual nourishment, Um, emotional nourishment, and the same things with like the houses. How is your mental house? Is your mental house dirty? When's the last time you've cleaned it? When's the last time you took inventory of what's in there?
2: Right.
0: Um, When's the last time you've checked your mental house and see what guests that were only supposed to be there for a day or two have been living there for weeks, months, years? Um, How's your spiritual house as far as energy and vibe? Are there vibes that were invited in for that were only supposed to be there for a day or a week that have been living with you, that have become, you know, permanent parts of your roommate, of your I, house I and think, stuff. I think, you
1: know, now that you're talking about it, like, I just... I uh, I think I talked about it in the last episode, but um, in September, I started doing... Uh, you know, I've always been... I've, I've For the last, I don't know, five, six years, I've been doing Daily Gratefuls, but I started doing... Um, just writing for myself, Antion, every day, which evolved into four different uh, pieces, each one addressing a different part of, you know, our relationship, my relationship with myself, uh, and then, uh, you know, different parts of, of me. So one of them is my ego. Like I have a page where I... Basically, the whole page is about my ego. Right. And I did that to finally get, uh, first of all, understand that it's a separate entity inside of me. It's mm-hmm. not all me. And also figure out what the hell that entity does, who controls it, why does it do what it does, and right. what are the ways of learning how to maybe change some of the responses. Because, you know, I think all of us... Like if we're not careful, we our first response to something is ego-based because that's like that's a right. first line of defense. So what I you know I've learned through my writing is that my ego was stuck on responses that were conditioned from 15 years ago.
0: Right.
1: So then I go, oh well, like the, the ego is not doing anything wrong. It's it's job to protect me from what it perceives to be a threat. So if I never update it on what the threats are, it's always going to respond to whatever I programmed as a threat. So now it's my responsibility to go like, hey, listen, these things or these people or these situations are no longer a threat. Right. Stop treating it as it is. And it's not going to be overnight, but... It's definitely something very interesting to actually understand. Right. Like, whoa, my responses and how I respond, you know, and I have to learn because of, like, our relationship. I go, finally, I'm like, why the hell am I responding to Tian like it's my enemy? You know? And I go, okay, well, if it's not me. It's my ego. Why is it responding to it that way? And how do I train it to not do it? Right. You know, so there's a ton of stuff in in me. There's a ton of stuff in all of us. If we're not going through it, we're basically our reactions are learned maybe 20 years ago, maybe 30 years ago. Maybe they came from our parents, and you know, we'll keep we keep them around until something happens, and you know, hopefully, we're like, wait, why am I doing this?
0: Right. A lot of um, and if we're not being Conscious and working to become more in tune with ourselves, like getting like treating ourselves like our favorite artist or our favorite author. You know, when you have a favorite artist, you learn so much about them. You read about them. You now you follow them on social media, you listen to all their albums, you analyze their lyrics, you learn about their history, you watch their biographies and autobiographies and documentaries about them, you know, so Imagine if our favorite artist or author was ourselves. The time we spend to get to know ourselves, we would become so much more in tune with how we are, the way we are, and why. But if we're not doing a lot of that, and it's just not something that we want to do, we pretty much are living our lives in preset reactions Right. Um, That are set from, you know, times and times past. And so a lot of the things that we will identify as that's just who we are. That's just how I am. A lot of them were implanted in us uh, before we were even conscious of making the decisions. We, it was the way we reacted. It was the way our ego kicked in. It was the way our parents were. It was the way our mom was, our dad, our uncle, our brother, whoever we were around. We just kind of absorbed different parts of people's personalities based upon how it affected us at a young age um and once we start really digging into ourselves to really seek that self-awareness and self-love we start realizing i know i did there are a lot of things that i did that were not because i made a conscious decision after doing research of my options it was because that was how my uncle did who was closest to me or that was how my friends did it or i just thought that's how you're supposed to do it um a lot of opinions that i had needed updating you know, some of the things I thought were cool, maybe as a teenager, when I consciously thought about it, I'm like, that's not cool. Or at least it's not cool for me. But if I never took the time to question why I did what I did or why I feel how I feel, I would have never known. And in my 40s right now, I would probably show a lot of the same opinions.
1: So why do you think it's so hard to start questioning your opinions and looking inside?
0: Um, fear uh. of what you might find in there. Um, we all have, even though a lot of times we can just be moving through life and so busy, caught up in stress and relationships and all this stuff that we, we don't really spend a lot of time looking inside of ourselves unless it's a crisis and we have to. Right. And we usually only do that long enough until we're out of the crisis. But we get impulses um, because different things in our life that we experience, whether when you go for a job interview, maybe there's a certain anxiety that you have that triggered back to some other deep shit. Um, Or when someone you care about doesn't respond to you via text or phone in the timely manner that you like, Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden you start kicking into this this paranoia. Like, we have things around our world that will trigger, that are kind of like clues. Like, hey, there's something inside of you. Remember that? See this feeling? Please look into that. And we just choose to block it off. Right. Um, So we know there are many things inside of us that we probably don't want to unearth. Because the same way... You know, you and I are like, ooh, 2019, it's a lot. You know, I don't really want to go unearth that one, turn over that rock real quick again to tell you all about it. I need to kind of heal the wound a little bit. A lot of us know that there are things deep inside of us that if I unearth now, it may um, consume me or I may break down.
1: Or it will change you know, what I now believe, what I believe in and what I like and what I don't like, and then I'm going to have to change where I am.
0: Right. Yes. And, you know, we as humans tend to um, pick comfort and security over growth and freedom most of the time. And a lot of times the reason why is we as humans value stability Um Whenever we're destabilized, it's a very stressful state until we get to an unstable place. It's like we're in it as long as we have to be, but it's not a comfortable place. That's why change and growth are difficult for us because it's destabilizing. With change, there's unknown. It's hard to be stable when you don't know what can happen. Anything can happen. Um, growth is the same thing there's oh my god what if I can I I can get there and be like this and then there's like what if you can't in that space between what if I can and what if I can't it's not stability there's no guarantees Um, and so we just stick to the rivers and lakes that we're used to like (laughs) right and then
1: you know some of them are actually constantly moving and constantly exposing yourself to extremes and stuff and then for people like that the challenge is to sit still
0: right it's whatever you've been conditioned um that is your comfort zone and that the reality is all of us have a different set of things types of relationships types of job environment um, types of material things that collectively define our stability our familiarity um and when we don't have a certain number of those it tips to you know, destabilization and just this this uh, um, uncertainty and discomfort. Um, and so, you know, that it's hard to look into yourself and it's really hard to take inventory of these gauges, right? Like, I mean, most of us haven't really spent too much time doing that. And when we start, we start in our adulthood. And when we look around at our gauges, um, we start thinking, wow, there's a lot of stuff about me that I never consciously thought about
1: it's just a lot of work. Like, you know, when I uh, resist going in, it's because I'm like, Ugh, it's just a lot of work. Yeah. And, you know, gradually I've learned like, well, A, you don't have to do it all in one sitting. Right. Like, I'm blessed with uh, actually enjoying processes. You know, like I like cleaning, like physical cleaning. Right. I like painting. I like coloring. Like, I like a process. So I had to teach myself that you don't have to, you know, do this in a day or a week. You just have to start it. Right. Like, you have to start it and you have to stick to it. Right. Like, it's, and you may start right here and that's the best that you can do. Like, when I started writing my my stuff, it was going to be specifically a checklist and it was going to be one thing.
3: Right. Right.
1: And then it just evolved and evolved because I stuck to it. It made no sense for a while. And then after a while, it started to like cause me to think, okay, if this doesn't make sense, but now I'm getting this feeling, let me follow it. Let me do this. Okay, this feels better. Uh, now I feel this. Let me go do that. So it's just a process, you know, it's just like with running like or anything that you think you don't like doing. I think that there are a lot of these things that we don't like doing because we think we're not good enough, we don't know what we're doing, it's hard and you know, if I ha- if I go running that means I have to run five miles and I hate running five miles. I'm like, dude, run half a mile. Like yeah. Run 30 seconds, walk 30 seconds. Like, it's not going to kill you. Just do what you can, but do it consistently. Good
0: start. Yeah, and I think, you know, the root of the challenge is when we love something, it's not work. Right. You know, like, think all of us have things that we love, and we probably spent hours and hours and hours and hours doing it, and that probably didn't have to be told to do it half the time have to be told and stop doing it a little bit or you're going to burn yourself out. So the thing is, is to figure out a way to, how do we apply that desire and love to things that help us? And it's, you know, if you love yourself, if you really love yourself, um, really spending the time to get to know yourself and refine yourself and discover things about yourself, it's not work. The same way, if you love hip hop music, it's not work to study and analyze and read everything you can about it and, and read, read linear notes and dissect intricate lyrics and all these things. We all do diligent work in something, mm-hmm. you know, even if it's Netflix binging or TV shows or WWE or whatever it is, we all do it. We all have the capacity to grow and become more educated more aware of things
1: and we all have like daily routines too yeah you know there are things that we do daily in the same way
0: yeah i mean one of the cool things is like think about how the body works the body and the mind right imagine if your body and your mind were like oh my god there's so much i have to do today i have to breathe i have to process food i have to and just decided not to like how
1: oh sometimes it does and that's one like you know so you
0: think about that how would you function as a human being if your body just decided it was just too much work sometimes you know it would be not as good but luckily your body just naturally does a lot of these things and just requires some energy and some support from you but for the most part it does so much um automatically so unless
1: you keep putting shitty food in it
0: well you fight against not, it right. yeah. and, but even then not your body still it. will process will fight to process like your body loves you unconditionally I mean a lot of us literally try to kill ourselves right. every day <laughs> every day with food with skateboarding throwing yourself down things with uh, bad choices with tumultuous relationships with excessive stress and the body never goes you know what fuck it the body will fight until the body just can't fight anymore yeah. um so we have living examples of how certain things when you work at them can become second nature um and it really depends on what type of um life or relationship you want to have like i always say the analogies when we talk about love and relationships a lot of us want steph curry golden state warriors championship level all-star level love and relationship but we really only want to put in the work of like a pickup game basketball player who plays once every few months and understanding the difference of those two will determine your level of life and love if steph if you want to be and have steph curry level love and passion and growth and love and relationships then you have to operate like steph curry does and that's you more conscious of your gauges rest relax workout stretch grow learn new things practice old things Study tape, see what you've done right. wrong, improve what you can do better, constantly finding mentors, working with your mentors, having coaches, and all of these things. And you can't just go, okay, I've got it now. I can right. stop. It's an ongoing thing. We're always changing and always evolving. And so that level of work usually gets high-level rewards. Pickup game basketball level of work in life and personal understanding or health usually gets the equivalent of that work so yes all of this is a lot of work but it's only a lot of work if you want high level results but yet you don't want to do any of the work
1: right and then you know like um one other piece of writing like from my writing that i'm really feeling is you know i create my own path in life always right like every decision that i make uh makes me either step forward stay in place or step back or completely fall off right and that all of them are my choices no one makes me do any of it like they're totally my choice and not only is it my choice but it's my responsibility you know to myself if i want to have a path if i don't want to have a path and i just want to float then It's just going to be all over and the results are going to be all over. And eventually I'm either going to be frustrated or indifferent.
0: Yeah. And when it comes to choices and self-awareness, it's like not everybody wants to be a championship level whatever. Um, Some of us want to just kick it and just relax and enjoy life. Some of us don't enjoy life unless we're working hard. Some of us don't enjoy life unless we're relaxing. Um, There's all different degrees of that. But the first thing is, let's be, take inventory to figure out who we are and what we genuinely want. Because what if you're mismatched between what you, your core wants and what you're doing in your life? Imagine if you're a person who wants to just kick it and relax and just really just soak up life, but you're working 80 hours a week as an attorney. Right. You know, where you pretty much probably should be just teaching English on an island. Right. And just kicking it, or what if the reverse? What if you're on an island kicking it, surfing, but your drive is one of a championship level something, and you're just hanging out? So there's no way for us to fully identify what is what we what are the things that we want if we haven't been able to take inventory and and check our gauges? Because the reality is, if we just want to kill, uh, kill, kick it and chill, kill. If we just want to kill, um. Then let's be honest with ourselves. Like right. we know people who act like they want all this growth and they want all this success, but they don't do the work. But they never admit to themselves, like honestly, I mean, I I I I want it, but I don't really want to do the work. So there's, without that self honesty, it's always like, oh, but it's this, oh, but it's because that. Because there's
1: expectations, you know, and like if if you really are uh, someone who's like, you know, I don't need you know, to be making crazy amounts of money. I don't need a lot of recognition. I'm cool. Like, leave me alone. I just want to do this. But you think that you're supposed to because your parents, your peers, expectations, then, yeah, it's depressing. Like, I can see how that creates depression.
0: Right. And this is where it loops back into. This is why checking our gauges is important because if we have a pressure... In ourselves of expectation that's hindering us from making changes that we truly want to make we have to first identify where they're coming from right and a lot of them probably aren't coming from your core it's probably coming from expectations of societal or friends or mother or daughter or wife or husband um that's not really yours but in order to identify that you have to really spend some time with yourself so we're going to take a break and play a little tune for you, and we'll be right back with the Black Russian Podcast, episode
3: 44.
0: is oh, the almighty without no apologies.
3: Seat. Make some space for my sister I follow we get stried
0: Bolo, we're going on a mission. Back, back again. We are, we are, we are the Black Russian Podcast, episode forty-four. So, changing topics. What are some of the what are some of the things you're working on for twenty twenty inside of yourself? What are your self aspirations? What are some of the refining things you want to do? Uh, well,
1: I want to trust that my gauges. Are gonna work, you know. And I think, like, I keep learning to listen to my gauges. That I'm, I'm hearing them a little better, and um, just finding ways uh, how to how to be responsible for what I do, how to be respectful of my feelings, how to not ignore them. And also how to not be, you know, ruled by my ego, my fear. So there is a lot, you know, like right there, it's a lot. But also finding ways to be consistent with it and trust that, you know, what I'm learning, I'll, I'm I'm able to put in practice. That's a big one for me because, you know, I have this fear that yeah, I'm just like going through motions and and doing in and, and doing what I think I should be doing, but Like game time, some big thing comes up and I revert to like my old school ways, you know? So like finding ways to uh, create more, I guess, trust in myself for both you and I, like that's, I think that's an overall 2020 goal. Uh, and then how do I go about it without exposing us both to like major um you know painful things that's that's to be you know i guess uh determined but I feel like i I uh work on it every day, but I also find myself um being more patient and being more responsive to how I feel. So, examples. Examples. Uh,
0: <laughs> she just asked herself a question, and she's about to answer it, which is really cool. That's how... Do they ask the gym myself neighbor. a so question? Like, examples. Like somebody in your head was like, you should give examples. <laughs> you're like, you're right.
1: I like it. I could just kick back and it's <laughs> not my head. It works for me. Uh, okay, examples. So being respectful of how I feel and not ignore it because it's easier. Right. You know, I think that's a big one. And that one goes uh, through our whole life, different situations. So I appreciate having opportunities to be direct with people when before I'd be like, Oh, it's easier not to be. So, if I have to, uh, if I have a choice of having a difficult conversation, difficult. I'm assuming it's going to be difficult because I'm going to say something to a friend or someone I care about that is not going to make them instantly happy. Uh, you know, my normal reaction before would be to avoid it. Now I'm like, well, no. It is my responsibility to myself. To that person, to my um, relationship with that, to to being authentic in that relationship is to uh, show how I feel and what I think. And not from the standpoint of my ego where, you know, I have to prove uh, myself to be right or make sure that, you know, my friend is gonna do what I tell them to. Like, that would not be a good way to do it so but from a standpoint of hey i care about you and this is what i'm seeing so let me just share it with you and then maybe it will help you you know hopefully it will if not then you know you're definitely not obligated to uh to take that on and i may also be wrong but i think that you know, choosing to take that route versus just going, ooh, it's going to be difficult, I don't want to do it, it may hurt their feelings, Uh, that's something new for me. Uh, You know, so if I am to tell T on something that before I'd be like, yeah, I technically don't have to, he's not going to like it, Uh, whatever, I won't, you know, that's my whole goal, right? And this whole exercise is... uh, to share what I feel, how I feel, what I want, how I want it in a way that, uh, doesn't anticipate a difficult reaction, but it's just sharing, you know, like, Hey, I think I want to do this and this is why, and this is how I feel it and be open to, you know, like Tion, obviously, like you have, spend many more years mining your own gauges and seeing things. And you know me very well to where, you know, like we had a conversation recently. We're like, well, what about this side? Right. <clears throat> so I had to be like, ooh, it feels like he's fighting me. And then remind myself, "No, no, he's not fighting me. He's just showing me something that I hadn't thought about. You know, my ego is upset because my ego thought that we got this, we covered the whole thing, and we know what we're talking about, and then who is he giving me some other info that, you know, now doesn't feel good.
0: Right. Yeah. So that's a, that's a good project.
1: That's a good project. Um, You know, and then... uh uh What did we end the first half with? I was gonna transition very smoothly into something else from it. We <laughs> were talking about and... uh no checking gauges and assumptions. you know, right, I think assumptions. the assumptions like that's a big one. So I ran into this feeling that you know, like Teal and I have been going through a period of mostly monogamous right because just of the circumstance and i caught myself feeling super comfortable in it right and i'm like oh i really like this and then i'm like wow maybe i am more monogamous than non-monogamous and then uh, i was like well maybe it is you know it doesn't mean that i uh go and you know Announced to the world that, hey, you know, I'm going to be monogamous, and then uh, ask Tion to do the same. Like, I had no feeling about, you know, that was not the goal at all, but it was very interesting to uh, catch myself feeling that way, and then start pulling on, what does that mean? You know, and we had that one conversation, and, and uh, you know, Tion and I had one conversation where we we're like, you know, we go through different periods and sometimes it feels really good. Other times, you know, being fully open and, you know, having a lot of people to connect with feels really good. Sometimes it's something in the middle and it's, that's great, you know? And then, um, as I kept thinking about it, uh, and feeling through it, you know, I also understood like my own challenge is, uh, I have created a very, um, you know, I have created like a layer of, fear in myself uh, where that that um, lives in like the, the continuous face plans that I had you know uh, caused in our relationship when I uh, you know try to either be open and don't fully you know uh, share everything with Tion or I act like I don't want to, but I do and you know then we run into a, a face plan. That created a lot of fear. So I'm like caught myself being so comfortable in this, you know, feeling that I want to be, uh, maybe I enjoy being monogamous. I'm like, yeah, but half of it or a part of it is also because you're afraid of causing another face plant. Right. And this is a, this feels like a safe, protected place, you know, so the current update is that i may very well enjoy periods uh, of being monogamous but i cannot do it because i'm afraid of what might happen when i you know open up
0: right like that shouldn't be the motive
1: right that shouldn't be the motive like and the you know i have to learn how to honor our vows, how to be open in a consistent, responsible, uh, you know, sharing way. I think that responsible is the main, uh, you know, the main word there. And so that both of us get through those fears.
0: Right. Yeah, and, you know, when she was talking to me about this process and, like, the monogamy and stuff like that, I'm like... You know, the cool thing is when there's no mandate, it's not either. It doesn't have to be either or.
1: Right.
0: You can just be you. Yep. And sometimes you're more monogamous uh, with sensual and sexuality. Sometimes you can be less. The reality is, um, and this is going to sound weird, but walk with me. None of us are everything or one thing all the time. Um, we are all multi-poly, omni people. Like at any given time, we're having multiple relationships, Um, multiple intimate relationships, intimate meaning deeply connected. Um, And they flow in and out as they do. Sometimes you spend more time focused with a mentor over here or hanging out with your best friend over here or spend time with your auntie, your uncles over here or whatever the case may be. We flow in and out of those. And sometimes when we feel like hanging out with them more, we do. If we want to go hang out and be more social, we do. If we want to be more introverted and spend more time with ourselves, we do. And the reason why we can do that, and we all do it, is there's no taboo in that. Um, And there's no mandate. You don't have to choose. Either you're going to be social or you're going to be a homebody. You have to choose. Um, And the other part of it is... If you, you get to choose because you're liberated and you're empowered, which means you have to give liberation and empower to truly be in that state. Um, like you'll, You can choose to be monogamous and just not go out because that's what your freedom is telling you you want to do. Right. I can choose to be multi or non-monogamous because my freedom is telling me to gather, collect, study. Experience, learn. And our collective together is not like, well, you're doing this. I should do that or I have to do that or not. It is our root thing. Am I helping you do what you feel is good for you? Right. Are you helping me do what feels good for me? Then our roots are nurtured and we are connected. There's no fear of like, well, if she's being monogamous and I'm out and about, then we're not on the same page.
2: Right.
0: Because we're on the same page through core support of each other it's the same thing as like the wife likes to do yoga the guy likes to go to the gym just because the wife likes to do yoga doesn't mean she has to make the guy do yoga or if just because a guy wants to lift weights and she wants to stretch that they both have to stretch or something's wrong with their relationship but that's exactly how we treat monogamy and non-monogamy like if we both love each other we love each other because we want to be a part of each other's lives and grow it does. It shouldn't have to matter what template we want to slap onto it, because we're humans. We grow, we evolve, and we change. And you can have both as long as you are liberated and empowered, and you're not in a, a rigid, mandated system.
1: You know, it's pretty cool that that stuff never came up in our in in my mind in our conversation. Like, I don't think you were concerned when I was telling you, "Hey, no. I feel like I'm really enjoying this." You know. I never thought that, well, because I'm enjoying this, I have to make sure, like, Tion stays in this state, you know. Uh, but, you know, like, what, what it did is it made me really, you know, it, it, I mean, it was a very interesting feeling to admit to myself. Like, right. well, I really like it. I'm like, ooh, why do I like it so much? Right. Like, what's behind it? And then eventually, like a week into looking uh, into what's behind it, you know, and I don't sit there focusing on it all week. It just flows in and out. Uh, and it was like, oh, you're also afraid that you're gonna fail at this whole open and seeing other people thing, right? And because you've done it so many times, it's really scary. So you can't really be honest and say. Hey, I prefer this, you know, one over the other. Right. Until you do them both equally
0: well. Right. And that's you know, in order to be able to do that, to be able to go, oh, that's what it is, is that self-honesty. Right. A lot of us when it comes to relationships are not self-honest. A lot of us gravitate towards, you know, monogamy out of this fear of I don't, you know, someone who's not is going to be crazy and we create these noble, like, because I want my person to be just one man and one woman. But the reasons a lot of times are a lot deeper and a lot more fear-based. The same way a lot of people now choose polyamory and non-monogamy. Right. Um, a lot of them go, well, it's just because freedom and liberation and you can do whatever you want to do. But a lot of it can be, they don't want to be responsible for someone's emotions. Yeah. They want to be able to come and go as they choose and... Use the guise of well, we're all responsible for ourselves. Only you really know why you're doing what you're doing, and that's why we say um, it's not about what someone does that tells the whole story. It's why they're doing it. You know, a guy can give a girl give a girl flowers and take her out to dinner. That doesn't alone make him a gentleman. You, that's, there's not enough information. You'd have to ask, well, why is he doing that? What's his motive? What's his goal? You know, um, I can stay home and be monogamous, but that doesn't make me a better or worse husband. It depends on the motive. You know, my motive could be all I want to do is just spend time with my girl. It also could be if I'm monogamous, maybe I can make her not go out with these guys and I don't want her to go out with the guys. I'm afraid she's going to find somebody. So I'm going to make monogamy the most noble thing ever in hopes that she has to subscribe to it.
1: don't even get started on bullshit.
0: You really got to go deeper than that, but only you, as in like only I know if my motive is truly noble, right, or if it's really it's a fear-based thing camouflaged to some nobility that people can relate to and no one will question. But either way, if we're not being honest with ourselves, it's going to be hard to do and be who we really want to be.
1: Yeah. So, you know, like asking me what my goals are for 2020s. Uh, you know, I um like I feel that I've been untangling a lot of uh, a lot of my processes and uh understanding, you know, why I do what I do and I know that you've heard this before and it's been ongoing, but these processes are ongoing, you know, when I say that uh, you can't start on this path and, ex- and 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 expect an immediate result. I mean, this can be five, ten years deep. You know, and it may feel like, ah, uh, you know, she's still doing the same thing and she's still doing the same thing, but you know, it's a process. Unless, and and you know, while the process, as long as the process is going, hopefully there is. Uh, you know, a path to improvement and learning and understanding more and more. And that's where, you know, like the the things that uh, Tion and I have gone through in the last, over the last five years, I mean, to most people, it feels insane that we're still together. You know, if we we are to do a timeline, right? right, of all the things that... Uh, you know, I've done like the times that I lied and, and, uh, you know, said one thing and did another thing and defended myself to no end. And then, uh, repented and then promised I was never doing it again. Like, you know, you look at it over the last, I guess it's been five, six years now. Mm -hmm. Uh, any normal person would be like, are you insane? Like, are you, why are you still here?
0: Right. Yeah. And that's it it all. Part of the, when people ask me, well, how do you do this? How Are you still here? And it's the same thing I was just talking about, about motives. Um, In our conversations and the work that we do and the work that Eula does, um, I can learn and listen and see that she's looking to trace the reasons why she does it. And I know the reasons, I've been able to eliminate the reasons that she does it A reason that she doesn't do it because of is out of malice, is out of hate, is out of general desire to deceive. And so once you get to the root of it and you get out of the blindness of pain, um, you can actually listen to the person and see if are they truly about that work, about growing. If they're about that work, for me, I'm like that trait in itself is the richness and the rarity because most people... When they do something really bad like that they want to repent and apologize just until they're forgiven and a lot of times they don't want to do that work um and they're really just like i want you back i want you to be here i want you to be here um and it'll say and do anything to get that but they're not really doing it because of their personal desire to grow it's more to keep you um, which means a lot of times the actions will be repeated and i could see in eula That even though they may be repeated, they're repeated because she's on her path of trying to grow and undo. And it's a deep, long process. And if I had ever saw at some point in time that she was really not about growing and her ego was taking over and defending, it may have been a lot harder. But since I knew and I could see and I could trace the steps and she was inclusive with the process, even when it was hard still years later, I was still aware and understood the process and nothing that is super embedded in us is going to just change overnight just because we logically get that it's not the best for us.
1: Yeah, no. And that's, you know, every day when I write out reminders to my ego that, hey, you know, these things we consider to be a threat now or not. I also give thanks to my ego for making me the way I am for, you know, uh, giving me the whatever the strength the stubbornness the you know ability to fall down hard and then get up and do it again and then fall down hard and get up and do it again and you know like these days when i write that i'm like oh i'm a skater right right (laughs) because like skaters like fucking crash and get up and do it again
2: yeah
1: and then they do it again like a hundred times and then if they succeed one time they celebrate. Right. And they may go and do it again and crash again. Yeah. It's it's insane. You know, but that's you know, that same ego that, you know, I'm fighting uh to not take over, you know, my mic and, and my actions is also like it's not a bad like ego is not bad. Ego is right. just ego. Right. It's got it has its function. If we're not careful, we're gonna, you know, give it uh Extreme power, and then everything's bad. You know, if we don't keep it updated as to what the uh, uh, dangers that there that the ego is supposed to defend us from are, that's going to be all bad. But if we understand what it is, and we keep it close and we keep it updated, then it's amazing. I couldn't do this. I couldn't live. I couldn't do anything without it.
0: Right, and you got to have a healthy ego to grow because it takes a stubbornness to believe you can do something beyond rationale and beyond people's opinions. Like you got to be like, so it's a part of the team, you know, back to our car. As we wrap up this episode, you know, think of your ego as like the gas pedal or the brake, depending on who you are. You can't live life, all gas, no brakes because you will crash over and over again. You can't live life all brakes and no gas right. because so you won't go anywhere. Both of those are a part of the team. You need them both. They both serve a purpose at a certain time, just like our ego is, just like our sensitivities are, just like our wisdom is, just like our stubbornness is, just like our childlike uh, creativity is, just like um, our habits are. They all play a role in helping shape and guide and protect and inspire us but if we're not aware of our gauges then we, we overuse one or the other or any correlation of those and then you might end up with too much gas too much brake or braking gas at the same time and just so it's really about learning your, your inner symphony and your harmony um, and it's ever-changing and each terrain right. that you drive in is very different just like when you're in your vehicle if you're driving down a two-lane highway it's very easy. You get used to that. But life is not just a two lane highway. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it's a snowy mountainous terrain. Sometimes it's black ice field. Sometimes it's a steep downhill. Sometimes it's windy.
1: So good news, we will never be at the point where it's like, Okay, I've reached this. Right. I I'm in paradise, I don't have to do anything.
0: Yep. It's ongoing. Growth and fun is like breath. Yeah. You know? We all experienced it, and we'll keep experiencing it. So this is episode 44. We broke the ice in 2020. It was a hard way of getting here, man. we like,
1: <laughs> got here on accident today because we weren't even supposed to be here. Yeah,
0: and if you could see the rest of... I mean, we this one's on YouTube. At least 85% of it is. You're not hearing this part anyways, but if you're on YouTube. But if you're listening now and you want to see what our faces look like, you can go on to YouTube and our Black Russian podcast. Um, YouTube page and check it out but I went through three computers and like a couple (laughs) mics trying to figure out how we're gonna do this so we got it here we got it to you Um, if you guys listen uh, uh, or listen or watch on YouTube I'm hearing from a friend of mine that like YouTube is actually a really growing platform for podcasts even if it's just a picture of us with the audio because it's just a comfortable place where people go to for audio and visual send us a message and let us know where you're using or let us know what you're using to listen or watch us and it'll encourage us to move more in those directions if you're on Apple like, review it'll help us climb the charts that's what our favorite podcast friends say right. <laughs> so do that too um, and we're going to be out we're about to go and enjoy the rest of our Saturday night and overall in summation I'm grateful to still be here be doing this, how we're doing this with whomever is listening right now All 40,000 or 40 of you. Or four. Or four. We never check the stats. We just put it out there. So we appreciate it. Thank you guys for listening. You want any closing closings?
1: Uh, I'm grateful for our house and everyone in it and the attention that we give to how clean we want to keep it.
0: Yes. And energy is everything.
1: And everyone is welcome to our house. With a few prerequisites.
0: Yep. Bring the good vibes, gratitude, and enthusiasm. The rest we can work out.
1: Exactly.
0: You guys enjoy yourself. Tion Buku One. And Yula. The Black Russian Podcast, episode 44. Cha! Enjoy the outro tune.
2: See, I block blows in no